This week, when we saw the breadth of our domain, we wept, for there were no more worlds to conquer except Die Hard. This is Body Counts and Beer. Welcome to another edition of Body Counts and Beer. I am Mark Rosendahl. I am Patrick Velbromley. yippee ki motherfucker, I'm John Rooney. <laughs> and today, if you couldn't tell, we're going to be talking about one of the pantheon action movies of all time. So hold on, everybody, write your guesses down on a 3x5 card, send it in the mail now, and we'll let you know if you were right. Yeah. See you next week, guys! <laughs> in the meantime, we'll be discussing On the Waterfront. <laughs> My favorite, uh, it's my favorite Bruce Willis movie. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah, we are going to be discussing, finally, I can't believe it's taken us so long to get there. <laughs> this on was a- literally the whole reason we started this podcast, <laughs> so that we could get to this movie. All seven Star Wars movies was just a warm-up. <laughs> Had to hit the groove before you yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah. Die Hard. That's right, we're talking about... Die Hard from the director of Rollerball, the oh, writer shit Shane Black did <laughs> fucking Rollerball. Yeah, from the writer of Street Fighter. Holy shit, Shane Black wrote Street Fighter. He did, and the star of fucking Disney's The Kid. Shane Black starred in Disney's The Kid. Yep, <laughs> comes Shane... Die Hard, a movie about people dying hard. Yeah. Let's get it out of the way. It's an awful title for a movie. <laughs> no, you just don't understand. Everybody that died had an erection. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Yeah, they, I, uh, they did hang that dude, so. Yeah. The chances were good he died with an <laughs> erection. Priapism the movie. <laughs> if your rage boner lasts more than four action scenes, <laughs> shoot someone else. So it's like It Follows, but with boners. <laughs> Which is pretty much It Follows. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. Uh, spoilers alert, I guess, for It Follows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Die Hard uh, begins with... Oh, you know how Die Hard begins? On an airplane. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, that uh, fucking guy yells at John McClane for killing all those terrorists in the airport. Wrong uh, Die Hard. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong Die Hard, John. The one we watched. It begins with John McClane on an airplane landing in Los Angeles, California. You know, the main Los Angeles. And... Uh, <laughs> Not that shitty Los Angeles, Oregon. That yeah. place is a hellhole. They've got a third-rate symphony. <laughs> uh, John McClane obviously is a little uh, uh, uneasy on air travel, so his guy next to him, sitting there, gives him a little, uh, well, a little advice to make fists with your toes when you get off the plane. Take off your socks and shoes, make fists with your toes. Which doesn't help you when you're on the plane. Exactly! Like, how does that alleviate your anxiety while you're flying? You just gotta get where you're going, man. <laughs> That's and life, Patrick Bromley. <laughs> <laughs> and he says it's better than a hot shower. It's to get the jet lag out. I guess, yeah, you squeeze out the jet lag, yeah, buddy. because, you know, in the 80s we thought it was jet lag. Holy shit. <laughs> Actually, no, this this adds a whole other layer to the movie. Bruce Willis is jet lagged during the entirety <laughs> of the event. Right? 
Wow. He'd have gotten the whole thing done like 20 minutes if he was fresh. Yeah, right. but he had a good night of sleep. Right. He's still on that New York time. Yeah. Yep, yep. Brutal. It's so late where he's from. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you can definitely tell that this was all pre-9-11 because he's allowed to carry his sidearm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and he's allowed his to smoke con- in the airport. His concealed sidearm on the airplane. Yeah, and his defense is, ah, don't worry about it, I'm a cop. I'm a cop. Been doing it for 11 years. <laughs> so John McClane, the uh, grizzled New York uh, detective, is in Los Angeles. Uh, he gets a little ride uh, from the friendly neighborhood limo driver, Argyle. Yeah. He's the best. Yeah, he is the best. Be prepared to be slightly uncomfortable with this racial stereotype throughout (laughs) large portions of the movie. Argyle, uh, played by Devereaux White, who you might know only from uh, Blues Brothers as the little kid who tries to steal something from Ray Charles and then gets shot at. Oh, nice. Good work, Devereaux. Yeah, that's a deep cut. (laughs) Um, He also played several roles on Little House on the Prairie, according to his Wikipedia page. You're welcome, Devereaux White fan club <laughs> consisting of I assume Devro White yeah retweet this podcast fan club <laughs> nah man Devro White's not really into Devro White yeah <laughs> uh, and so uh, Argyle the limo driver's given John McClane a ride to Nakatomi Plaza and uh, is super like he used to be a cab driver he says and so all he wants to do is pump John McClane for information yeah. asks a bunch of intrusive questions and makes a bunch of insulting assumptions yeah <laughs> i.e. exposition dump yeah more or less yeah I have to say that like one of the things that is really incredible about this movie is the way that it conveys information like. Aside from this, there's not really, like, there's a good reason for the characters to find out the information that they find out when they find it out. Right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, and this movie's kind of different from most modern action movies. In that it has Bruce Willis and he gives a shit. Oh, and he's got so much hair. <laughs> he's got like a thousand percent more hair than he currently has. It's so much. By like, like a lot. A million follicles up there. Well, I mean, he still had that, you know, he was drinking all that Seagram's. That really yeah. thickens yeah. it up. Yeah, right. thickens it up up there. You can't go bald on Civil Shepherd. Nah, also true. <laughs> John McClane and Argyle in the limo. John McClane basically explains, ah, my wife and I, you know, we're kind of separated. She got a really good job, turned into a great career. Now she's in L.A. I'm still in New York, working as a cop, trying to put a bunch of criminals away, i.e. And I want to see that movie. I want to see the movie of a driven John McClane on the streets, putting together clues, really getting to the bottom <laughs> of these cases. Oh. It was called Moonlighting. You should have watched it. <laughs> nah, Moonlighting was the one where they did fucking Taming of the Shrew for no reason. In Moonlighting? Yeah. I think you just are associating Sybil Shepherd with a shrew. <laughs> I mean, I'm not far off. I mean, fair. Sexy, though. Yeah, what a sexist title for a show, though. Oh, no, I said sexy, like Sybil Shepherd was hot. Yep, and day. I was ignoring that comment yeah. so I could talk Shakespeare, my secret motivation yeah. for this podcast. Oh. Sorry, I'm still thinking about All right, Sybil wait, Shepherd. hold on. Play the John Rooney Shakespeare Corner theme music. So here's the plot. Lute music. Lute music. Here's the quick plot of Taming of the Shrew. Hey, that lady has a lot of strong opinions and an independent mind. Fucking tame that shrew! End of play. It was the John Rooney Shakespeare Corner. Lute music. Great work, everybody. Good bit. 
So, uh, uh, so any grad students that are using this as a primary source, just make sure to, uh, you know, give my full bibliography at the end. And tweet your grades at Mark Rosenthal. <laughs> at Body Counts and at Body Count Cast. You know what? Uh, subtweeted at Donald Trump. I'm sure he needs the company. Yeah. No. He seems like a lonely guy with not a lot to do. He's probably interested in your grades. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, John McClane shows up at Nakatomi Plaza. Argyle tells him, hey, you know, if uh, if you strike out with the lady, give me a call. I'll pick you up, get you a hotel. If not, you know, give me a call. I'll be waiting here in the parking garage for you. That's very important to know because Argyle will be in the parking garage for the remainder of the movie. Yeah, it's Chekhov's yeah. limo. <laughs> he's hitting many bars. He's using the car phone. It's actually a pretty good time. Yeah, he's having a fucking party down there. Yeah. Meanwhile, John McClane is on his way to a party. Whoa. To a party. He uh, he goes into the Nakatomi Plaza, plays a little touchscreen tube TV, and finds out that not only is his wife on the 30th floor, uh, but... She's also going by her maiden name now, Holly Gennaro. And he's very upset about this. So you Oops. think the writers were sitting around and thinking, hey guys, what's a generic last name? Uh, Gennaro? Stop, I'm you stuck <laughs> I'm glad we stayed up all night for this. <laughs> more cocaine? More cocaine. <laughs> we have so many more characters to name. <laughs> Meanwhile, upstairs at the Nakatomi uh, Christmas party, uh, Joe Takagi, Holly Gennaro, and Ellis, who is just the <laughs> 80s condensed in a man. Yeah. He's all... like, without all the, 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 the veneer, he's the real Patrick Bateman. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. what that guy is in life when you meet him. Yeah. He not is, through his own perspective. He is basically an eight ball of cocaine that got struck by lightning. <laughs> Uh, so they're upstairs discussing some business deal. Ellis hits on Holly a little bit, tells her, you know, let's go out and get some nice brie and a fire and all sorts of yeah, fancy stuff. Yeah, he wants cheese and a fire. That's how you know he's not a real East Coast guy. Ooh, guys, whoa, settle down. <laughs> yeah. This is getting a little too steamy in whoa, here. Yeah, I'm getting all juiced jar. up. <laughs> all this cheese talk. <laughs> Your West Coast sensibilities do not impress anyone. Fucking California, man. Fucking How do you feel California. about a little bit of... How do you feel about a little bit of camembert? Please, this is a family uh, podcast. How about some extra sharp New York cheddar? Mark, don't oh, do this to me. Yeah. Don't do this. Do you have Stop it. apple slices? No, no. Oh, yeah, uh, we're going to get some. Patrick, I didn't know you were that kind of guy. More power to you. No judgment. It's just a little surprise. John, what can I say? I love cheese. <laughs> I'm all about that smoked Gouda. Oh. Well, guys, I hope it's, you're happy. This it podcast... Makes me, it makes me feel Gouda. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast can no longer be used in college lecture halls. <laughs> My oh. incisive uh, commentary on Taming of the Shrew <laughs> will never reach the ears of academia now. No, but there's going to be some weird dudes masturbating to it, probably. Yeah. Uh, maybe some ladies, too. Who knows? That's true. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I have to slap a trigger warning on this guy, though. <laughs> That's true. Men, women, everybody out there. That's true. We don't, we're not bound by gender binary. Yeah. Whatever you self-identify as. Animated blocks of cheese. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Look, if you want... Look, if you want to, you know... Flag the bishop or flick the bean <laughs> or whatever you want to do. You flog the bishop. Whatever. If you, you don't flag him? What sure. the hell does that even mean? <laughs> he committed a penalty. Now he's got that <laughs> yard flag. You red-carded that bishop. 
That is a very intense role play. <laughs> oh, baby, this is your third yellow card. One more, and you're going in the box. <laughs> what? Unfortunately, we have to point out that the, the use of third yellow card, followed by going in the box, can tell you that John has never watched hockey, soccer, or possibly any other sporting event ever. Dudes, I'm super into rugby, I guess. <laughs> Although, speaking of characters that use really weird sports analogies, let's talk about the terrorists that show up in this movie. Sure, yeah, Yeah. we'll get there. So, John McClane shows up at the building. He runs into his wife. They have a nice little reunion. Uh, It's cut short when he kind of... Uh, what does he do? He sort of like oh, he comes into the party. He a guy fumbles kisses him the soccer. Yeah, yes, yes he exactly. drops the, the puck. Well, yep. he finds his, he finds Holly. He offsides the basketball. God damn it, John! <laughs> he nets the water polo. <laughs> he tennises the golf. We get it, John. How do they get the horses to swim? <laughs> That's why it's the sport of kings. <laughs> So John oh, yeah. <laughs> shows up at the party. He's amazed by California life. He gets a drink. He doesn't like it, probably because it tastes too California-y. And not Seagram's-y. Yeah. Uh, only Seagram's for Bruno, guys. <laughs> uh, he gets kissed on the cheek by a guy and goes, fucking California. Yeah, right. He can't believe that a man would kiss him on the cheek. Because men yeah. don't kiss men in New York. You may have noticed this movie was very much made in the 1980s. Yep. Super in the yeah, 80s. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, humans. Well, you walk in on Ellis and you meet him doing coke on Holly's table while she's like giving a conference speech or oh, something. Man. Yeah. So that just means that he found the first open door and then did some coke. No, 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 on no, no, no. It. It's what it is. Is it's like a, it's like a, a fucking. It's hotter when you do it on someone else's desk, right? Is cocaine? It? Is it? Oh, okay. no, cocaine. Like sexier, yeah. you mean? <laughs> No, I mean, like, hotter. Like, like temperature-wise. Thermally oh, okay. warmer. <laughs> Got it, okay. Yeah, I, guys, you, you always want to heat up your cocaine, right? Right. That's how you make crack, yeah. Right, right. No, because in your own cocaine office, you keep it super cool. <laughs> so it's you don't like, get the sweats. Yeah, it's like sushi. It loses some of its subtle flavor if it gets too warm. <laughs> yeah, no. I assumed you were, like, talking about how it was, like, a, a dominance assertion thing. Like, oh, I'm better than you. I'll put my cocaine on your desk and snort it up. Yeah. We are finding, Marked for life. Yeah. We are finding out a lot about each other's kinks in this podcast. So anyway, after Holly, I don't know, verbally bondages John McClane for a little bit. No, they yeah. just discuss their marriage problem. Yeah, John basically is like, why are you using your maiden name? And she's like, it's a Japanese company. And he's like, I don't know what that means. And neither do I, for the record. But we don't, we're not, we don't have the time to do this. Because she's got to go rally the troops and give a speech to everybody. Uh, Meanwhile, a Pacific Courier truck and a sweet, like, Lincoln Town Car pull up to Nakatomi Plaza. The truck goes down to the parking garage. The car pulls up front. And two gentlemen exit the car. And they're having an animated conversation as they walk up to the door. They really seem to be having a good time. They seem very friendly. They open the door. And uh, Theo, the glasses-wearing one, says something along the lines of, uh, magic passes to Worthy, back to Kareem, back to magic, boom! And then big blonde German giant man shoots the security guard right in the chest, and he goes, two points! Yeah, he yeah. does. Yeah, he he's, he's like me, uh, a real sports expert. <laughs> <laughs> a sports expert, that's what we're called. 
in the uh, spin zone, I guess. I just want to go ahead and point out that my favorite part of that whole description was that uh, I think Magic Johnson is a name that he says, but mm-hmm. your go-to basketball stars are Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, both totally respectable choices, and then James Worthy? They all they all played on the Showtime Lakers in the late 80s. <laughs> yep, fair. This movie takes place in Los well, Angeles, is, and yeah. those are the names that he mentions. Fair. Is it, are they? Feel like, I guarantee you he says James Worthy. Yeah, amazing. James Worthy's a Ewing. Hall of Fame player. <laughs> and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar kicked Bruce Lee in the chest. Yeah. Without, even... without getting up from his chair. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's got very long legs. It was a real game of death. <laughs> in more ways than one. Oh, rest in peace, buddy. Ooh. Yep. Br- Bruce Lee, not Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He's yeah, no, still he's, alive. He's still alive. Making it sad, making Fucking it weird. Still putting those sky hooks up from all over. Yep, absolutely. Gross. As an 80 year old man. <laughs> right? Skyhook. Skyhook all him. over the place. Yeah. Uh, some say if you listen, you can still hear him skyhook. <laughs> Anyways. Heard. How come he never got to play a genie? Uh, <laughs> Who says he wasn't? <laughs> he doesn't need to play a genie, he is one. All right. He made so many wishes come true <laughs> when he left Milwaukee to play for Los Angeles. Take that, Bucks fans. Fuck you. Ooh. Come on, also, they those... already have it rough. They live in Milwaukee. Yeah, that's yeah. true. It yeah. is the Canada of U.S. <laughs> it's not even that far up from Wisconsin, John. Yeah. Green Bay is so much higher and so much worse. <laughs> Talk you about cheese. You can't, you can't see it, but I'm wearing a bear's hat. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Uh, so terrorists uh, break into Nakatomi. They start cutting lines and everything, and uh, basically just set the joint uh, like up. cutting phone lines, not yeah. lines of cocaine, which is totally a reasonable assumption yeah. to make in this movie. Right. I mean, that's still happening in the tower, at least till they get to the top floor. Right. Right. Meanwhile, uh, John McClane making fists with his toes, and it works. And it he works. can't believe it. He's starting to feel great. Yeah. Until prap prap prap, gunshots go off. Mass hysteria. John McClane peeks out and he sees a couple goons wandering around. The first goon we see, fucking Vigo from Ghostbusters 2. Yeah, he's out of the painting and he's on the town. (laughs) Well, I mean, this terrorist organization pretty much is the Carpathians. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Yep, the terrorist organization sits on a throne of blood and a castle of pain. It all checks out. Yeah, and uh, Peter McNichol was there. (laughs) Vigo in the bunch. Oh, God, why was that not an 80s spin-off sitcom? <laughs> it's my favorite, like, Muppet Babies-esque animated <laughs> show, Vigo and the Bunch. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, John McClane beats a hasty exit, sans shoes and socks, barefoot, uh, and immediately <laughs> begins... Oh, you had to double explain that. Yeah. yeah. Because if you say sans shoes, people be like, oh, he's wearing socks. Oh, no, he's barefoot, sans socks. Oh, but he could have been wearing, like, some sort of, like, sandal on his ceremonial <laughs> sandals, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, like, no, no. He, uh, Completely he barefoot. foot in the rubber tree wax. And yeah, he's got exactly. That, like, hard coating. He wished on a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, yeah. and he got some rubber feet. Yeah, he got a pair of skyhooks. <laughs> <laughs> when you wish upon a Jabbar... I got nothing. Uh, what I love is I'm imagining his hands as hooks made of cloud, right? <laughs> Right? What a terrible wish! Why didn't I think it through? <laughs> oh, man. I'm gonna need to get some Boy Scouts to help me eat. <laughs> They'll earn some civics badges. 
Where'd you get that badge from, Jimmy? I fed Cream Abdul Jabbar. <laughs> Let me tell you a tale of a genie and a wish gone wrong. <laughs> So, John McClane uh, begins uh, rummaging through one of the empty floors in the building. He notices on different floors things going on. People moving giant rockets, like missiles, uh, guns, and sort whatnot. Uh, he tries to find a phone. All the phone lines are cut. He can't call out. Uh, meanwhile, we are introduced to the leader of the uh, terrorists. Yep, the leader <gasps> of the pack. Yep. Vroom, vroom, motorcycle noises. Future past sheriff of Nottingham, Alan Rickman. Playing Hans Gruber in his cinematic debut, which is ridiculous. Yeah, by the he way. acts incredibly well in this movie. Yeah, yeah he's a super good actor. Uh, you might remember way, 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 way back when we did our uh, favorite uh, action movie villains minisode. I chose Hans Gruber from Die Hard. You probably don't remember this, three listeners. Shut Hell, up! I'm going to be honest with you, I don't remember this. <laughs> that is not surprising. I mean, it sounds like something we do for a mini song. I mean, we totally <laughs> did, and I'll remind you who you guys picked. Oh, John, uh, you picked uh, Fisher Stevens from Short Circuit. Yep, and <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> Patrick. I didn't pick Johnny Five, the secret villain of that franchise. <laughs> No, no, you guys! Didn't. I didn't tell you my Johnny Five theory. All right, so it goes like this: <laughs> it all started with a young Kareem Abdul-Jabbar <laughs> with a genie lamp and a dream. Now that's a movie. Uh, and Patrick, you of course picked John Kreese from Karate Kid Three. <laughs> he gets a lot of sexual joy from the idea of killing children. I just don't feel like any of these were real choices. They absolutely were. Uh, the guys, only real choice is not to play, Patrick. Yeah. Your, your honorable mentions were uh, Ed Rooney from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. A real life villain, as it turns out. As it turns out. Yeah, and weirdly enough, Gene Hackman from Hunt for Red October, which is weird because he's in Crimson Tide. <laughs> yeah, right. But totally. I don't know why you picked it. But you did. It wasn't me. Uh, go back and listen to it. I guarantee no, no, no. you, if that's you, what we said. If you, read, if you read between the lines, Alec Baldwin is clearly Gene Hackman. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. Yeah, All yeah, right. yeah. Clearly. Perfect. It's subtle, but it's there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. That explains a lot of the line readings. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why, why he that's why he has that Hactonian uh, cadence <laughs> to his deliveries. Hactonians are my favorite uh, microscopic measurement uh, device. Way to keep the ball in the air. <laughs> yeah, all right, great. We're totally picking that one up. Yeah, man. It's like it's like th like for every atom, there's like three Hactonians. You know what I'm talking about? Definitely. Anyway, <laughs> so back to no, 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 no. no. Let, let him have it. Let, let him have Let him stew in this right, for a little bit. All right, all right. It was right. really smart. Science people will love it. <laughs> Science <laughs> ten people. weird jokes. Science people love it. <laughs> Number eight will make '90s kids cry. <laughs> Guys, if this show could just turn into clickbait the podcast, I'd be happy. <laughs> People would actually look at it. <laughs> Which is amazing. They'd be upset they looked at it, but they'd look at it. Which and that's all that would matter. Amazing since they'd have to listen to it. Yeah, they would have to download the episode together. I like the idea where they just show up at SoundCloud and, and open the page but don't hit anything. <laughs> We, we, we need listens, not just clicks, Mark. Guys, as long as you listen for two minutes, it counts as a listen. <laughs> John, I have serious questions about who our market strategist has been. <laughs> nah, I got confidence. Stay the course, <laughs> good buddy. 
<laughs> Fair, because I'm not doing it. <laughs> right. Right. So, terrorists take over Nakatomi Plaza. Oh, no. What happened now? Uh, Hans Gruber uh, looks for the president of Nakatomi uh, Corporation, uh, Joe he, he Takagi. He opens up his uh, little diary book to read some poetry, I guess. Yeah, he had to skip past uh, his little black book. He had to skip past all the uh, pages of all of his girlfriend's phone numbers. Yeah. Um, and then find, yeah, all the, all the pages the that full... just say Zeppelin rules. Yeah. <laughs> and all the pages of just like dicks and boobs he doodled while the, he was like, the, like boring the terrorist combat fan art that he did. That one where Sonic <laughs> is fighting Goku. Yeah, that right. cool S that's like that bubble S that everyone yeah, knows. Yeah, yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. in the 90s yeah, yeah, the, where you do the, all the, the two lines. diamond S's. Yeah. Um, oh man, that's going to be my rapper name. Two diamond S's. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah. S's the S's stand for shit. <laughs> two diamond shits. <laughs> two, two diamond shits. That today. sounds really I mean, uncomfortable. Yeah, right. No, that's gangster. <laughs> yeah. Reasonable. Dude, your lack of fiber is gangster. <laughs> Son, I shit diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, guys, kill John and take his diamonds. <laughs> no, no, if you kill no, me, no, you'll never put him in a cage and feed him. <laughs> The, the real tragedy of it, though, is I can't make diamonds unless I eat golden eggs. Oh, you already no. killed that goose. Oh. It was so delicious, though. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, so, uh, Hans Gruber grabs Joe Takagi, leader of the Nakatomi Corp, brings him up into his offices. And I gotta say that Mr. Takagi is a real stand-up boss. I would absolutely love for him to be yeah. my manager. He stands up for his employees, and he's got real integrity. Joe Takagi, taken to his office... Uh, where Hans Gruber brings him to Theo on this sweet, uh, like, desk-concealed computer screen? Yeah. Uh, which is super cool. Cool. And he, yeah, there's uh, a koi pond in this office, too. Yeah, a bunch a of models. Office. Yeah. yeah, a bunch of models. And, like, this whole time we're meeting Hans Gruber, he seems like... Like kind of a gentleman kind of guy. Like he makes he makes a quotation about Alexander the Great, and he knows men's fashions, and he loves model making. But then he's like, "Hey, tell me the codes, because I want to steal your money." And Takagi's like, "Nah, I'm not gonna do that." He's like, "Fine." And then he shoots him in the face. Yeah, he does. And his head explodes. Yeah, in an in a a head explosion that you could only do. Pre like nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, yeah. The squib work pre- in this movie yeah. is top notch. Basically, like pre Clinton. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Clinton. Stupid Janet Reno came in and outlawed <laughs> all those good squibs. <laughs> Used all the good squibs in well, Waco. To be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Koresh was hoarding squibs in that compound. <laughs> he was. With all those other illegal weapons. Who boy. <laughs> I'm just going to hold for an edit point there. <laughs> anyway, what's your favorite David Koresh joke? <laughs> Two boy. David Koreshes walk into a bar. One ducks, then the other one starts a religion. <laughs> So Joe Takagi gets shot. John McClane happens to see it and runs away. It makes a little noise. The Germans come run and look after him. Can't find him. And then the movie becomes this beautiful game of cat and mouse. Uh, it's very much a thriller, actiony type movie. Yeah, it's like a diehard in a skyscraper. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just like that. Uh, John McClane uh, runs afoul of a, uh, a, a one of the terrorists. 
and quickly dispatches him. He gets up behind him. This is my favorite. It's the terrorist with the glasses, Carl's brother. And he goes up there, and he's like, oh, you can't shoot me. You're a policeman. There are rules for policeman. And he's like, yeah, that's what my captain keeps telling me. And he's got a gun pointed to like, the guy, like, behind the guy's ear. Pull the trigger, problem solved, terror is dead. No, instead, no, no, there are rules, Mark. Right, yeah. so instead, <laughs> he literally throws his gun away and elbows the dude in the face, and then they have to have a fight uh, where we meet... Uh, it's more of a tussle. Yeah, but this is also where we meet the second lead of the movie, Bruce Willis' stuntman, <laughs> <laughs> who has about, I don't know... A Chris uh, Isaac amount of hair? Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah, he has a wicked game amount of hair. Yeah. It's really sexy, and it's frolicking in the surf with a beautiful model. Uh, it's his On Bruce Willis's head. On Bruce Willis's head, yeah. Look deeper, it's all in black and white, and it's gorgeous. <laughs> they play it on VH1 all the time. Yeah, I love um, it when they do it with the pop-ups. <laughs> Bloop! Bruce Willis just killed the guy. Bloop! That's the sound of the pop-ups. Yeah. No, I like, I like jokes that come with end notes. <laughs> if I don't cite my jokes, they won't end up in this Library of Congress, John. I mean, the man has a comedy degree. That's true. That's true. With honors, and honors is spelled with a U, so you know it's legit. <laughs> Sorry, for some reason I just imagine you uh, showing your diploma. Yeah, check it out. I got it with honors, and the O has like a little water gun. (laughs) 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 Got you in the face. But seriously, it's from an accredited university. (laughs) You should hire me, employer. (laughs) I have a degree in comedy. Please leave forever. That's how you work only menial retail jobs. Yeah, you should have gotten a degree in acting, like a smart person. Yeah, yeah, up yeah. top, John. That's yeah. how you work menial startup jobs. I'll have you know, I am lower mid-level semi-management, <laughs> and I work in reception. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> so, uh, John McClane kills a terrorist uh, by beating the shit out of him and then uh, basically Riding throwing him, him down a staircase. <laughs> a he puts a saddle on his back and rides him down a staircase. Yeah, he pulls a full-on, straight-up, just goddamn vendetta ride <laughs> down that staircase. <laughs> Breaks his neck. Loots his backpack for some extra guns, ammo, smokes... A brick of C4. A brick of C4. Possibly more than one. Yeah. With a bunch of detonators. Bunch like, way detonators. more detonators like than you need for a single brick. Yeah. But as we all know, the more detonators you put in, the bigger the explosion. Truth. Yes. That's how detonators work. Uh, yeah. He steals a radio, and he tries to radio... Uh, at st- earlier, he had tried to pull a fire alarm, and they were just like, boo-hoo, no fires, and they sent the emergency people away <laughs> by literally just calling them, being like, whoops, my bad. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty much how it happened. Yeah, a lot of the emergency services in this movie are woefully underprepared for any kind of emergency service. They seem to be really put upon to, like, (laughs) respond to these things. Because at this point, he gets the radio, and he gets on the emergency thing, and they're like, oh, it's the same place as the fire alarm. And this lady's like, I'll take care of it. She's like, sir, this is a line for emergencies. And he has one of the best lines in any action movie ever, which is... 
No shit, lady. Does it sound like I'm ordering a fucking pizza? And it does not. No. It sounds like he is trying to report an emergency. Right. He has offered no topping choices. <laughs> yes. He's not chosen a crust. Yeah. Nor any Stuffed matter or otherwise. No. no. Now, at this point, she's getting very upset, and she tells him she'll report him to the FCC. Sir, sir, if you swear one more time, I will disconnect this phone call, and you will be blacklisted from this emergency service. Sir, sir, I'm going to have to escalate you to a manager. Please hold. And then uh, he's found out by some of the terrorists. Automatic gunfire goes off. The The police hear it. Yes, the 911 uh, operators, the dispatchers, hear it. It causes feedback in their ears. And then they're just like, eh, just send it. See if there's anyone who can do a drive-by. Anybody. That's it. Yeah, yep. and not like a regular L.A. drive-by, but just like a drive-around-and-look-at-it kind of thing. Whoa, social commentary. Oh! This has been uh, Social Commentary <laughs> Corner with Patrick Bromley. It's 80s L.A. Oh, it was the end of it. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. I'm sorry. I missed my cue again. Play me out. Beautiful. Yeah. It faded out. You see yeah, that? No, I loved it. it. Changed the volume. It was really yeah. good. It's editing magic. Our producer but is going to be so pleased. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to be at home with fucking, I don't know, garage band. Just smiling to yourself warmly when you get to this part. No, I'll be sitting there with my cup of coffee at like 9 o'clock in the morning, just angry. <laughs> <laughs> angry angry that my headphones don't work and I have to do it via speaker. Man, I've been wondering why some of our edit points have seemed real aggressive. <laughs> right? Or why there's just random screams put into the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we cut to, we meet uh, Reginald Bell Johnson. Uh, playing Al Powell. You might know Reginald Vell Johnson from playing a cop in everything. <laughs> I'm Carl Winslow. Yes, from Family Matters. Also, uh, the cop in Ghostbusters that moves the Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it just sounds like he's picking up them, moving them between scenes. Yeah, that's why the scene takes 15 minutes because he has to There's pick a lot of up. quick changes. Yeah. yeah. He has yeah. to pick up Dan Aykroyd and move him. <laughs> and Dan Aykroyd is just like, Have I told you about my vodka? There's aliens everywhere! Ghosts are real! <laughs> Actual quote from the director. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If you go to the music box, local in Chicago, uh, they'll actually play it with the musical interludes intact. <laughs> they have a live synthesizer player who plays with it. Boo, 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 boo. <laughs> It's actually Harold Faltermeyer. That's the best part. <laughs> Acroid jazz, they oh, call it. Oh, shit. I'm going to get him to sign my Casio. <laughs> so Al Powell, is a, he gets a little uh, thing over his walkie saying, hey, go check out Nakatomi. He buys uh, all the Twinkies? All the Twinkies. He buys a fuckload of Twinkies. Several ho-hos and ding-dongs as well. <laughs> yeah, from the, the guy. The guy that is explicit content warning. Because, <laughs> uh... Those all sound like code for penis. Ho ho? <laughs> yeah, that's why John McLean wrote on that t shirt. <laughs> now I have a machine gun. Dick, dick, dick. <laughs> yeah. So it'd be dick, dick. Oh, good point, yeah. <laughs> Pause for edit point. <laughs> <laughs> He buys a bunch of Twinkies He's, at the convenience yeah, store. The, the, They're definitely not penises. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, uh, the, the convenience store clerk is just like, oh, I thought you guys just ate donuts. And he's like, they're for my pregnant wife. And he's like, 
Yeah, sure they are. And he's like, look, I don't have to fucking explain myself to you. And he's like, yeah, sure you do. I'm yeah. a paying customer. I'm a police officer. Yeah, sure you are. I've got a college degree. I worked really hard to get where I am, and I deserve some bags of penis. Yeah, sure you do. Also, this it does have like a wicked battle of the mustache thing going on. Yeah, in this yeah. Scene. Uh, so Fat Rousedower sends him on his way, and he walks out, and you can see, you can actually see the automatic gunfire coming from the top of Nakatomi Plaza, like, blocks away. So he drives over there, uh, John McClane is being chased by some terrorists, uh, he eventually manages to escape through, like, a bunch of ducks and everything, he, uh, he sees, he finds a little piece of pornography on the wall, later on he passes by it and gives it a little kiss, and says, hi ladies. And there's a, there's a sweet bass line that plays. Yeah, yeah. there's literally, like a, there's literally a boing, which yeah. is, like, the sound of him getting an erection. Yeah, yeah. Which is hilarious, because you know he's had an erection for the entire movie. Of course. It's yeah, that, he's die hard. Yeah. Yes, exactly. There's a lot of dicks in this episode, guys. <laughs> We've talked about a lot of dick stuff. Yeah. Uh, you're welcome, ladies. Or fellas, or gender non-binary, whatever you identify as. <laughs> or b- sprawling bots that listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> I see your Russian pornography, and I raise you one die hard. So John McClane throws a terrorist off a of Nakatomi Plaza. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, guys, we are still... We are not so far into this early. movie at It lands all. on Al Powell's car, then he begins firing on Al Powell, who backs up his car. No, the terrorists start firing yeah, the terrorists on are fi- firing on No, Al it's Powell. John McClane, isn't it? No, it's no, the terrorists, no, no. because the terrorists see that he no, now because, No, because he's shooting out the window, and then he crashes off the abutment, and he's holding the smoking gun, and he goes, Welcome to the party, pal! He is oh. not holding the smoking gun, it is the terrorists that are shooting him, because they are in the floor below McClane. Plane and they see the body fall on the car, so they're trying to kill the cop before he radios back. I don't think that's right. All right, guys, go to the tape. All right, let's uh, start up old Die Hard Minute here. No, I'm siding with John. It was the terrorists. That's the Die Hard Minute. Uh, you're both wrong. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. I like we had to pause for a Die Hard Minute in the middle of our Die Hard podcast. Well, it was for instant replay purposes. Of course. Yeah, of course. So, anyways, uh, John McClane and Al Powell get on communication with each other via radio, uh, where Al Powell makes the determination that John McClane's probably a cop, but he's calling him a Roy. Yeah, this is because uh, we've already skipped over the yippee ki yay motherfucker. Yeah, there's a No, I said it was the first thing I said in this episode. That's true. Remember, it's how I said my name. Thanks for putting it in. Let's sequence. go to the tape! <laughs> I said it in the beginning of the episode. Oh, it's true. It was how I said my I, name. I stand corrected. <laughs> I prefer- that was the tape! <laughs> and that's the going to the tape bit. Ruling on the field is overturned in favor of John Ruby. <laughs> I got all the yellow cards, you guys. God damn it. They're not fucking Pokemon. <laughs> Then why did you mine get, evolve into a Pichu? You can only have one. If you get two, it turns red. Automatically, John. Automatically. That's how it turned into the Pichu. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. Like that. I combined it with a green card, and it became an international man of mystery. <laughs> what? 
Yes. Uh, um, guys, I think there's a reason why we saved this movie until, <laughs> until senility caught up with us. <laughs> So what follows is a bunch of John McClane killing terrorists <laughs> and a bunch of LAPD cops going, that guy inside's a piece of shit. He's bad at everything. Yeah, yeah so uh, Carl Winslow uh, calls some backup from the LAPD. The LAPD creates and a perimeter. Shows up with the principal from <laughs> Breakfast Club, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Paul Gleason yeah. playing uh, deputy, uh, deputy sheriff? Deputy Chief. Deputy Chief. Dwayne T. Robinson. Dwayne T. And uh, he is just the most bumbling of bumblers that ever lived to bumble. Oh, yeah. Oh. Even more than the bumble from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, <laughs> Bane of Yukon Cornelius. <laughs> Fantastic. So, character. Patrick... Patrick hadn't brought him up yet, <laughs> so I felt it was my yeah. responsibility. No, we As he's brought him up every podcast for the last two months. <laughs> it's cold out, and I think a lot of UConn. <laughs> he's the worst character. He's the best. Except for Hermes the Elf, who's definitely, definitely the worst the character. Worst. Yeah, Claymation Matthew Broderick is terrible. <laughs> and too much rouge. Um... So the the uh, the deputy uh, deputy chief, chief. Uh, decides that the best thing to do is just send in a whole bunch of people into this delicate terrorist and situation. An armored personnel character carrier. Yeah, uh, John McClane uh, hears about this and tells him it's a bad idea. Powell knows it's a bad idea, but Dwayne is not hearing it. Yeah, and in comes the fuzz, and they are promptly. All wounded quickly. Yeah, they all get shot by a guy who's downing chocolate bars. Yes, yeah, uh, played by Al Leong, who you might know is a henchman from uh, 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 Big Big Trouble Trouble in in China. China. He plays Genghis Khan in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Uh, Him and, uh, what's it, uh, roided up Huey Lewis, the (laughs) big security guard. They start shooting everybody in the knee, Terminator 2 style. Um, And then they send in their truck... Which is promptly blown up by RPG thanks to our good friend Vigo and German Billy Conway. Oh, and we have another great line after the armored truck explodes. Oh, and the quarterback is toast! Yep. Courtesy (laughs) of Theo, the computer hacker. So Theo, the actor behind the performance, uh, is in the school of throw darts at emotion, and that's how I say each word, school of acting? Absolutely, And I mean bullseye every time on that guy. (laughs) He's great. Bullseye every time. Right, and as the movie is progressing, he is trying to break into the vault containing the $600 million of negotiable bearer bonds that are held at Nakatomi Plaza. That's why this whole thing is happening. We didn't bring that up before. that's because the movie kind of doesn't bring it up the right away either. They bring it up when he kills Takagi, but we skipped that part because we were tired too busy talking about dicks. <laughs> Whoa. Hello <laughs> card. Oh, sorry. We were probably too busy talking about horrible cults. <laughs> <laughs> and they're great squib work. Yes, and they're great now, squib and, uh, So, it, it, yeah, you're right. The entire uh, quote-unquote terrorist attack is actually just a very well-conceived, well-executed robbery for these negotiable barabons where everyone is working with clockwork precision until they get to the part where they're like, yeah, we have plans for locks one through six. The seventh lock, ask for a miracle? And that's what Hans Gruber says. It's Christmas, Theo. It's the time for miracles. 
Uh, so all of these people got together enormous amounts of weapon, time, and energy. They had that big cork board with the entire plan. And then they're like, yep. yeah, what about that last lock where it's just an envelope with a question mark written on it? He's like, ooh. Don't ask questions. Yeah, he's got I it. I will open that envelope no, when I am good and ready. Yeah, he clearly has going through like he's got a, a, a compartmentalization. I was about to say, thing. He's got compartmentalization yeah. because nobody he runs knows a real the full plan. Right? Nobody it's not knows some the full startup plan. where they're all sitting around in beanbag chairs eating cereal <laughs> out of boxes, wondering what the game plan is. Whoa, whoa, be. whoa, Patrick! What's your problem with eating cereal out of boxes? Get a What's bowl. your problem with beanbags? <laughs> Get a real chair. Get a real chair, maybe a table and a bowl. But a real chair and a table won't fit in my closet when there's company over. <laughs> also, divide your work up amongst professionals instead of spitballing with all your frat bros. <laughs> See, Patrick, this is why all of your bank heists have gone super well. <laughs> right? No one has any idea how much money I've stolen. Every time I've ratted you out to the police, I've only known a third of the plan. Exactly. You're smart. You're good at business. <laughs> Cinnamon life tastes better out of the box dry than it, it does really in a bowl. does. It really does. I'm, I'm gonna glad, take a, I'm take glad a that hard you stand on that. You you found that point and you waited through John's bullshit. I wanted everyone to make sure to point out. I wanted everyone to hear it. I thought it was very important. I will say though, I prefer uh, the wet marshmallows to the dry marshmallows in Lucky Charms. Fuck Lucky you. Charms gets milk every time, son. Every time. I just don't eat marshmallow cereal anymore. Because I'm an adult with dignity and respect. <laughs> bullshit. I call bullshit. No, I eat Cocoa Puffs. Come on, man. There, I was at like work. Like a grown fucking It turns man. the milk to chocolate. <laughs> I, was, I was at work, and I was in the commissary, and I saw that they had little boxes of Lucky Charms that I could buy, and then also high-performance all-day protein milk beverage, and I thought to myself, let's get this day started. <laughs> What is what is high performance all day milk beverage? What is this? <laughs> well, you see, when a cow made a wish to a crafty Kareem Abdul Jabbar, <laughs> of course, of course, it was like Kareem, Kareem, could my milk be awesome for bros? Let well, me answer, all day. Let me answer that question with a skyhook swish, and then in John's commissary appeared all day milk for bros. <laughs> it sprang fully formed from the head of Zeus. <laughs> Yeah, no, that makes Whoa. sense. <laughs> this is how that came to be. Yeah, you, you guys don't drink fortified milk beverages? <laughs> no, we drink milk! <laughs> Just milk! <laughs> but how do you wash down your Soylent? <laughs> I'm going to tell you something crazy, John. Occasionally, I eat real food. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> Not just chalky, chalky, pasty beverages. But I'm uh, I'm a really busy startup employee with all kinds of radical ideas to disrupt the system. I, I don't have time for a well-prepared yeah, meal. You can't eat a sandwich in a beanbag chair. <laughs> it gets all over the chair. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> Stop dancing while I eat, but I might as well just die at right. that point. That's gonna kill your productivity. <laughs> so, um, 
terrorists. Uh, so at this point, audience, at this point, uh, write in your feelings about hearing three people have a mental breakdown on a podcast on a three by five card and send it to at Mark Rosenthal. Uh, let's just say. Uh, this is the time where Ellis decides to save the day. <laughs> so Harry Ellis, Harry Ellis, sentient ball of cocaine, gets up, strains his tie, and marches into Hans Gruber's office and says, Hans, Booby, I'm your white knight in the greatest scene in film history. Take that. Uh, opening scene of fucking Citizen Kane. Take that long tracking shot from Goodfellas. Take that long tracking shot from Children of God. Take that the plane taking off in Argo. Take that all the great uses of color and hero. Take that the scene where Arnold Schwarzenegger says, Do it! Kill me now! In Predator. <laughs> Take that the, what else is Patrick Hammond's DVD shelf I can reference? <laughs> Nothing? Fine. Take that. All those scenes. This is the greatest scene in movie history. Because uh. it's the only scene to feature 100% Ellis. <laughs> <laughs> He's my hero. I've patterned my life after him. I'm on cocaine right now. I'll be on cocaine later. I'm sorry to... All of those people I hurt while I was on cocaine. <laughs> yeah, the reason that uh, that Ellis that his help is accepted is because the terrorists have found out that John McClane has the detonators for yeah, the C four. Gotta have those, and that is an integral part of their plan. So they need to get the detonators back. And Harry Ellis has uh, told them that he is an old friend of John's. So we have an old-fashioned game of a walkie-talkie telephone where they're all kind of discussing each other. And Ellis is trying to get John to give himself up. And McLean is like, oh, no, I know what's going on here. Ellis, you got to tell them you don't know me. And he's like, eh, me. And then he gets wait, shot. Wait, 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 wait. Tell, tell him about the Coca-Cola. Oh, yeah. There's the part where they just bring him, like, a tray with a Coke, and he kind of looks at the Coca-Cola thing, and he kind of, like, smiles at it, because you know he asked for Coke, as in cocaine, and they brought him Coca-Cola. Then they open the can and, and pour, pour him some, and you can hear it being poured over the radio while he's talking to the plane, <laughs> and it sounds like a gentle tropical rain for, like, 30 seconds. It's a very long pour, and then it turns over, and there's literally, like, an inch of beverage in this cup. Because you gotta wait for the bubbles to die down before you can add more. There's no bubble residue on the side of the glass, no, the, John. That's all they poured. The problem is Ellis put his face in it and snorted <laughs> the glass of That's a funny-looking cocaine. <laughs> Guys, this is original recipe, right? That's not that bullshit new Coke, is it? <laughs> that horseshit Coke 2? That stuff is terrible for my sinuses. <laughs> but Cosby loves it. Whoa. <laughs> he was the spokesperson for New Coke. Yeah, there's a lot of things that Cosby loves that I do not endorse. Yeah. Let's not talk about Bill Cosby and drinks. <laughs> Pausing for Ed. <laughs> Guys, edit point corner. <laughs> edit point! <laughs> So, so, so that you can see the spike. Yeah, no. But I need, I need the no spike. I need straight flat line with no sound. 
That's how you edit. You don't edit in the middle of the loud stuff, John, because then it sounds like this. Hey, I'm John, I'm doing stupid. And that's when John McClain walked in the room and we did things. And then I made it yeah, that sounds great to me. Print. <laughs> Press that to vinyl so that it will never degrade. Oh, John, <sighs> someone needs to tell you about vinyl. Also about printing podcasts. <laughs> yeah, just hook it up to my Canon printer. <laughs> All of our podcasts from here on out will be 3D printed in Maker Labs across the United States. <laughs> When they come out, they always just look like a fist giving you finger. Yeah, you gotta file off all the seams, and then you can paint it like you want to. <laughs> Mine's rainbow colored. I couldn't pick which color. And nor should you have to. So, Harry Ellis... Jesus Christ, this movie. ...gets shot in the face. He gets killed. Uh, John McClane's very upset, but he doesn't give up the detonators to Hans Gruber. Uh... Then more cops show up. Then the FBI shows up. Uh, I, I mean, look, you've all seen Die Hard. <laughs> Here's the thing. I, I'm, I'm realizing this now as we're talking about the movie. The reason we've never done Die Hard is there's no reason to do Die Hard. Everyone in the world has seen Die Hard. There's nothing new to discover in Die Hard. This is just a bit delivery device we're giving to you. So yeah, we're probably going to skip some shit. And yeah, we probably won't talk about your favorite part of Die Hard. When the shithead news anchor guy goes to the house and threatens to have the housekeeper deported. Trump's America. Let alone the whole part with Tom Bombadil. We did watch the director's cut when they put it back in. Yeah, yeah. The, the Peter Jackson extended edition. Yeah, yeah. You put in all the songs and poems. It really adds texture to the world. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> My favorite was when the Ents came. Uh, they're talking trees from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> we fucking know no. Ents are two Jesus towers. Christ. I'm, I'm That's actually the second of the Lord of the Rings yeah. right now. Second Come of the Lord on. of the Rings books and movies. I've seen a tree. The main Ent is played by John Reese Davies. Also plays Gimli. The dwarf. The talk From Lord of the Rings. Guys, I have known this since first Iluvatar uttered Ao. First Iluvatar is a character from Lord of the Rings. It's and the just called Iluvatar. Yeah, so then, and Iluvatar is from Lord of the Rings, which is a book. Uh, so police, if you're wondering how Rob Mark Tolkien. died. <laughs> Come get him out of my bathtub. Jesus. <laughs> Bathtubs were invented in Lord of the Rings. Uh, two towers. I don't know yeah, if you knew yeah. this. Yeah, they're Before from... Before that, we all washed <laughs> just hoses. No, you did it up. Uh, you but... had to climb into a hose and get wet and then get out. That was very hard to you do. Did it, uh... Until Lord of the Rings came around and we got yes, bathtubs. Yes, after, after the dispersal of the men of Gondor. After yeah. the sinking of the great continent. That's right, the men of Gondor. Uh, also from uh, everyone's favorite J.R.L. Tolkien book, Beverly Hills Cop 2. <laughs> Uh, so I'm, I'm just to be clear, we are going to put timestamps in this podcast, right? I don't know how to do that. <laughs> Sorry, listening audience. We love you. I'm indifferent. <laughs> Patrick, do you have an emotional? Thing Wait, like guys, to say? Patrick's emotional corner. So anyway, I think the bit is better if you're mad at it. <laughs> the FBI guys, Big and Little Johnson. Yes, as we find out. <laughs> like, it's like it's like at least they're not named Black and White the Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. 
But it's close. But yeah, they kind of are. <laughs> it's pretty close. Also, it's the 80s, so they yeah. kind of are. Yeah. yeah, so the FBI guys show up, and they're just a bunch of like asshole pricks. They immediately like planned the terrorist handbook. They shut off all the power, and uh-oh, that's exactly what Hans Gruber needed to open the last door of the vault. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah, and they we open really up. do actually play Handel's Messiah while the vault opens, yeah. and it's yeah. awesome. <laughs> they, they open up all of the cases of Barabons, and they look at each other like, okay, how do we turn this into real money? Does anyone know? Does <laughs> yeah. anyone know? What I love in the vault is there's the $640 million in negotiable Barabons, but then there's also like a, like a, a samurai, like a old suit of samurai yeah, armor samurai. some like, buddhas yeah some there's some maps artwork. from the endo period yeah it looks yeah. Like, like renaissance artwork is yeah it's a bunch of, like why is a business hoarding like art like that well it's because uh some of the floors are still under construction those are gonna go in those floors oh yeah it's a good call actually it's got like oh. a museum that's floor. i mean that's kind of the thing that's Aside, thoughtful john that's like the most thoughtful thing you've ever contributed <laughs> yep i'm a wise drunk <laughs> But that's the thing about this movie. It is, on the one hand, incredibly well thought out and ex- just expertly plotted. And then, on the other hand, glaring plot holes <laughs> that unravel the entire logic of the movie. But it's so good, it's yeah, you really don't good. care. Uh, basically, it turns into a manhunt. Uh, John McClane is going after the terrorists. He beats him up. He has a big fight with Carl. Uh, like they have a big punch up where he's Carl's doing crazy German like kung fu, which just is basically uncoordinated yeah. kicks and karate yeah. chops. Yeah. Uh, and John McClane and John McClane's stunt double are uh, just slamming his face into metal like tubes and construction equipment. Eventually, he gets he hangs Carl with just a metal chain and just like throws him against a wall and leaves him there. He finds out that there's a double cross. Hans is just gonna blow the roof. Anyways, meanwhile, the shitty news guy who we barely talked about has found out that John McClane's wife, Holly, is in this place. John McClane is involved. He goes to their house. It's a whole big thing. Then he goes there. And then Hans Gruber finds out that Holly is yeah, with John. Yeah, Hans has been watching the news yeah. report and finds out that, oh, that woman is the wife of the John man who's been a huge yeah. pain in the ass. And he knows what he looks like because we skipped the greatest scene of the movie <laughs> where Hans goes to check on They're the explosives. They're all the greatest scene in the movie True. and we've skipped so many. Yeah. Hans goes to check on the explosives and while he's up there runs into John McClane uh, who's... Uh, about to kill him until Hans puts on the most convincing American accent I have ever heard in my life. Yeah, it's like what Dick Van Dyke did to the Cockney accent. <laughs> yeah. Dick does yeah. to the American. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're all one of them, aren't you? <laughs> he is a little bit paying us back, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. It's a retribution accent. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, and so basically... Uh, Sorry, that's going to be the name of my punk band now. Retribution accent. accent. Oh, yeah. Good, I like good. Uh, I like that, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, with the, you could have your first song be uh, uh, Vendetta Dialect. <laughs> Vendialect. Oh! Whoa! Suck it, assholes. This is copywritten. I'm going to yeah. mail this podcast to myself. Good luck. Help me yeah. fit this recording also, equipment we, into we an really envelope. We need to discuss how podcasts work as far as like entities with you, John. <laughs> Audience, write in how podcasts work on a three by five card and send them to at Mark Rosenthal. That's, That's right. not how mail works, John. Put it on a card, put a stamp on it, and send it to someone's Twitter handle. <laughs> 
Also, our Twitter handler is Twitter handle is at BodyCountCast. Even my personal, <laughs> even my personal Twitter handle isn't at Mark Rosendahl. That exists, unfortunately. So mine is at Balls You Lose. Are you happy? Also, I am not going to be happy until I see what that other Mike Mark Rosendahl yeah. thinks when he opens his Twitter feed to find exactly four. <laughs> <laughs> He, I, I like to think he pulls out his phone, he clicks the Twitter app, he goes, ooh, four notifications. He clicks the notifications, and then four 3x5 note cards come out of his phone. They hit him in the face. Yeah, right. Like, like, like Excalibur. Yeah, like Excalibur <laughs> bursting forth from the stone. And he pulls them out and goes, oh, then dialect, what? I already knew how podcasts work. So, uh, so anyways, John and Hans have their little standoff, um, and then, yeah, John finds out that the whole thing's a setup. The FBI's got, like, gunships flying around the building. John beats up Carl, hangs him, goes up to the roof. He's like, everyone, get down! Where's Holly? They took her! Brap, 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 more guns. shooting to get everybody to go downstairs, because they won't listen to the words, go downstairs, so he has to shoot at them. And then the FBI guys think that John is one of the terrorists, so they start shooting at him, and then meanwhile, Hans is ready to blow the roof, everyone gets clear, John, uh, in a way to escape, does the only thing he can do, he pulls a giant fire hose out of a wall... Ties it around, around himself. himself. And what I love about this scene is that he, he's even questioning it as he does yeah. it. Like he's like, what the fuck are you doing, John? Not gonna fucking work. And he jumps off the side of a building with uh, the fire hose as the building explodes real good. Yeah, it's yeah. a great explosion. Can't get in through the window, so he kicks off and shoots the window open yep. and then goes through the glass. Great oh, scene. Yeah, so good. The base of the hose flies down and starts to drag him out the window he's able to get himself out and now uh he's all alone he's had his feet cut up by glass we skipped that part yeah uh, he had an emotional conversation with al where we found out al doesn't work on the streets anymore because he shot a kid we skipped that part yeah and, and his whole problem is like after that point i just couldn't bring myself to point a gun at another human being which is a trait you want in a police <laughs> officer especially in la yeah <laughs> You're a great cop, and you end this movie as a bloodthirsty maniac. <laughs> a great cop, aside from the fact that he murdered a child. Yeah. Because he had a ray gun that looked real enough. It looked real enough it was for dark. government work, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it looked real enough to get a library card. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Al Powell's a murderer of children. And John McClane child, his child, best Only one confirmed child murder. Yeah. Valid, valid. Child murder. Um, so, John McClane now... Uh, setting up his final showdown with Hans, who's got his wife. He's only got two, two bullets, bullets left. Yeah. And then he spots some holiday tape, and he gets an idea. And you know he gets an idea, because the soundtrack starts going, jingle, 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 yeah. with Christmas music. That's Everyone knows Christmas music is the universal, like, I have an idea sound yeah, effect. Yeah, plus, everybody knows that every Shane Black movie takes place at Christmas. Every <laughs> single one. So John walks in, Hans! Everyone turns, it's just, all that's left of the terrorist is Hans Gruber and uh, uh, voided out. out Huey Lewis. Yep. Right. Because we've skipped Skip. this, Theo, the hacker, went downstairs to escape in a stolen ambulance, and he gets punched by Argyle to death, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With a one punch to the inside of his elbow, yeah. dies immediately. 
Argyle's had a lot of misadventures that we totally <laughs> skipped. He's been making personal calls, yeah. drinking from the mini bar, having conversations with the giant teddy bear in the back seat. I mean, oh yeah, there's a giant teddy bear in this movie. I don't know if we pointed that. He's out, got a lot of time to kill. Really. Yeah, he calls his, uh, I'm assuming, girlfriend. Or wife to let him like or just one, talk whatever. with her yeah. and like to explain to he's like nah we can do whatever we want my boss thinks I'm going to Las Vegas right uh, so really just taking advantage of only, of running a limousine yeah John McClane walks in on Hans roided out Huey Lewis they have a little terse standoff they got Holly hostage yeah Hans tells him to drop the gun he does and then uh, Hans brings back the cowboy thing, the yippee Kaye motherfucker. And he says it, and he says it in such a fashion that they all begin to giggle. Yeah. It's pretty funny. It's yeah. pretty hilarious. Pretty charming. Uh, so they giggle and they chuckle, and then... <laughs> and as we slowly pan behind John McClane's back, oh no, his two-bulleted gun is taped to his back with Christmas tape! Who knew? And you know it's there, and we're going to see it because you hear... Jingle, 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 jingle. That's right. The yeah. universal, I've got a gun taped to my back sound effect. True. Every time they play it in the mall, I go, that guy's got a gun attached to his back. That guy's got a gun attached to his back. That baby's got a gun attached to his back. That lady's got a gun attached to his back. That Sunco's video's got a gun attached to his back. That Sam Goody's got a gun attached to his back. That Cinnabon's got a gun attached to his back. Uh, uh, this was all hilarious in a less tense political climate. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, in 88. Things got real when the Cinnabons started packing. <laughs> yeah, when they started doing the fucking caramel pecan bomb. Yeah. Pricks. Mm. Um, I still haven't forgiven Cinnabon for its very tasteless Carrie Fisher uh, tribute when she passed away. Did, did they do buns? They sure did. They said, here's to the best buns in the galaxy. Ooh. You know what, Cinnabon? I'm going to go ahead and speak for everyone when I say don't comment on death anymore. <laughs> no one is expecting it of you. No ah. one is demanding it of you. Your absence will not be noticed in this conversation. Death does make Just me like want some of that. absence from today's shopping malls. <laughs> <laughs> I only ever see Cinnabons now in transportation hubs. Yeah, in the yeah. airport where there is no escape. Yeah. Yes, or like train stations yeah. where like the sadness breeds them. <laughs> We've got a partnership me. with CNN in both of those places, actually. <laughs> Pardon me, can I, can I get a shot of uh, fucking Cinnabon sugar coating, <laughs> yeah, right? right. And a handful Who's... of raisins. <laughs> Who am I kidding? This is I'm drinking this like a juice box. This is not going anywhere near the shitty lukewarm Cinnabon that just got like for me. That is going directly into the garbage. <laughs> so John uh, pulls the gun off his back, shoots Han in the ch- Hans in the chest, shoots right out Huey Lewis right in the face. Right in the face. He dies. Uh, Han starts to tumble out the window. Oh, and he's dangling and he's holding on to Holly's beautiful watch and this that is, we this skipped is, at the beginning yeah. of the movie. Yeah. It was given to her by Ellis. It's very important. It's a Rolex. So Hans Gruber, uh, as we said, John McClane pops off the watch. Hans Gruber begins to fall and the look on his face of sheer terror because he's now going to fall 30 st- floors uh, to the ground. John, why does he have that look of terror on his face? Funny you should ask because the director said, all right, Alec. Booby. <laughs> We're gonna drop you out this I think window. You mean Alan? Nope, Alec. Alec. Okay. The director did not take the time to learn his name because it was his first movie. Fair enough. Bruce was clearly the star. Right. He was riding high off moonlighting and the return of Bruno. Yeah. Uh 
Alec Bobby. <laughs> We're gonna drop you from this building. Don't worry, we're gonna give you to the count of three and then drop you. All right, everyone comfortable with that? Lights, sound, rolling, market, action, one, drop him! <laughs> <laughs> oh, John McTernan, such an asshole. Yeah, so the look, the look on Alan Rickman's face is It one is of... a mixture of terror and deep betrayal. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and he, uh, then they, they pull out to a big wide shot and you see they actually dropped someone 30 fucking floors off yeah. that building. Fuck yeah, man. Uh, you just can't see the big giant double-sized bouncy castle yeah. behind the trees and stuff yeah. behind it, but they're totally there. Right. Uh, the thing that when that guy hits it, there's like a wind that blows goes, down all the streets yeah. for days. <laughs> like, rustling windows. It's like the fire in Independence Day. It just like spreads <laughs> it just out, goes, wipes man. everything out. Cars flipping over. Harvey Firestein going, oh, oh crap. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, Harvey Firestein, if you're listening, be my best friend. Yeah, yeah. I like Harvey like Firestein. Cool guy. I've liked you in everything I've seen you in, even if I didn't like the movie or TV show. Yeah. You've always been great in yeah, it. Yeah, with Harvey Firestein. Yeah. And great you, and Die uh, Hard. Great and Die Hard. Yeah. <laughs> Great in uh, that episode in like season two or three of The Simpsons that had the first gay kiss on television. Yeah, that's right. We played Carl. Yep, that's got to be later than two or three. No, it's, it's really, really early. Really? Yeah, yeah. Like because the animation and like even some of the voices are off. It yeah. might even be season one. Yeah, like it's not season one, but Homer is still using the like weird Walter Mouth owl. Oh yeah, yeah, that yeah. thing. But uh, anyways, uh, Hans Gruber is defeated. The day is saved. Uh, the hostages are saved. John and Holly are outside. They're being let out. He sees Al. Uh, Al sees John. And for the first time, even though they only love heard each other's that voices. That I'm feeling. Is they what slowly. We got a thing called Red Hot Love. <laughs> <laughs> we are yeah. Red Hot Love. Sorry, guys. I just, I just watched the uh, trailer for Baby Driver. So oh, so good. So good. That's the international trailer. Oh, so Fuck good. me for watching the regular trailer first like an asshole. Although the regular trailer does have that amazing exchange about the Halloween masks at the end. Yes, yeah. It is so good. They need to put that at the end of the international trailer and make a super trailer. But holy shit, that movie looks amazing. It looks like everything that Drive wanted to be. Yeah. If it took itself a little less seriously. Yeah, if it decided to be like a movie instead of your fucking senior project. Yeah, yeah. okay. So moving on. I still kind of like Drive. Uh, so moving on. I didn't Drive is a great... We've done, we've done this, John! <laughs> <laughs> we did it so long ago! No, play the music! Drive Minute! <laughs> Drive Corner! <laughs> I don't much care for the movie Drive. <laughs> this is the Drive Corner Minute! <laughs> Tom McClain and Al Powell meet. They hug. He introduces him to his wife. As Patrick said, he says, This is my wife, Holly Gennaro. And she goes, Holly McClain. And they're like, Ha ha ha. See, they've grown together. Yeah. And then Dwayne T. Over Robinson. The process of a great deal of killing people. <laughs> yeah. Dwayne T. Robinson shows up. Dwayne T. Robinson, deputy chief of police, who has the best line in the movie. After the FBI guys get blown up, yes. we forgot to mention that. <laughs> they get blown up in their helicopter when the roof Crashes explodes. To the ground and it he explodes. Says, we're going to need some more FBI guys. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh god! Call up the spawn point. We need more energy. <laughs> Thankfully, there's this FBI closet where they're constantly spawning until you reach the checkpoint. <laughs> the G Mana Maker. <laughs> the elf from Gauntlet hasn't shot it enough times, <laughs> right? Uh, and so he shows up and he's like, "You got a lot to answer for, McLean. Ellis getting killed. Your fault. Property explosion." And then, like before John McClane can answer these charges, we hear a scream and we turn around and there's Carl. He's still alive. His body taken out of the building in a body bag and ceremonially placed with his automatic weapon. Yes, because if they didn't bury the body with the weapon, his soul would haunt you forever. They're just getting him ready to just put him all in his Viking longboat and send him out and burn him up. So he rises up out of his body bag and starts goes, ah! And then three giant magnum explosions yes. pop out of his mm. chest, and we just see the smoke. Before gun. he decides to die, well, no, <laughs> we see the three go on his chest, and then he's like, uh, and we just see a close up of the gun. It's smoking, and then he goes, ah, and then one more, boom, in the oh, chest, and oh. then he goes, you know what? Yeah, I respect you. <laughs> You're wrong. I'm right. dead. And then he, he gives and then it dies. Up. Yeah. And who's holding the gun? But Al, I shot a kid, Powell. Yeah. And he's finally redeemed himself. Right. He then did you it. hear the screech of uh, car tires and the. An Argyle bursting out of the parking garage and fucking Sergeant Al turns around ready to shoot and immediately takes aim. (laughs) Now that his gun has taken Nazi blood, he can kill again. (laughs) He's been redeemed. Yep. Yeah, his gun could only kill Horcruxes before they had to destroy things more powerful than themselves. God damn it, Harry Potter bullshit. (laughs) I watched uh, with Caitlin like the last four or five Harry Potter. We started with uh, fucking Prisoner of Azkaban and watched all the way through Deathly Hallows Part 2 in like two days. So I'm, I'm I'm all Harry Pottered up, you guys. I watched Goodfellas today, it was great. It's a real movie. How many um, fucking horcruxes were in that movie? Two. Probably. There's the knife they used to kill <laughs> Billy Bats. And then there's the big the big bag of coke <laughs> that, he, that he takes from Debbie Bazar. Yeah, yeah the, the warehouse full of dresses is the other horcrux. <laughs> yes. But she never finds out because she will not go in. Yeah, just uh just a little down there. Just a little down the way. Just turn it back. No, no, keep going. Keep going. No, no, Jimmy, I'm in a rush. No, just keep going. <laughs> Sorry. Um, moving on. Uh, Argyle escapes. He's like, oh, he's with me. And then John and Holly get into the limo, and they through the back window, they share a beautiful kiss as uh, the song uh, White Christmas? No. Let it snow, play. Let it snow. That's let it right. Snow. And it looks like it's snowing because $640 million worth of negotiable bearer bonds. bonds are flying through around. the building. And you know that everyone is just snatching them out of the oh, air. Yeah. Each one is worth 100 grand. <laughs> yeah. You get like five of those, and you're set for a while. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you not know. in Los Angeles in the 80s. It's probably very expensive. Yeah. Cocaine so, costs so much. Assuming you know how to negotiate, though. <laughs> right. Because it could be it could be 100 grand. It could be 20 bucks. It could be 3 million. You just don't know. Very negotiable. It's all on your own personal skill set. Yeah. So put those points into your cha. Yeah. That's charisma. <laughs> uh, uh, what's the Thacko rating of this bank teller? <laughs> 
2D plus 4! Oh shit, guys! I gotta get a lucky roll on this and we're fucked! Oh, you rolled a 1! That's a catastrophic failure! Quick, Bard! Sing us out! Taking my bearer bonds, leaving the bank! Taking my bearer bonds, leaving the bank! That's it's not working! Bank. Run! <laughs> and we'll be back with bullet points, because that's the end of Die Hard! Or at least what we talked about of Die Hard. (laughs) Watch Die Hard. You'll know what we're talking about. It was a really great movie, everybody. It was so good. Bullet points! And we are back with bullet points. And our first bullet point is body count. Body counts. John, what's the body count of Die Hard? So we know that the 12 terrorists die, so 12 is a baseline. Uh, that was a pretty big explosion. I am going to say 23. Patrick, what's the body count? <laughs> I'm going to go with 18. Ooh, if we're going by prices Right rules... <laughs> Patrick wins because yes. he didn't go over. The body count is 22. Oh, it was so John, close. John, you were so close. Oh, I get Damn the showcase. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Patrick, Patrick, please, for me, play Plinko. <laughs> <laughs> Always, John. Always Plinko. Drop from the center. <laughs> Patrick, drop from the center. <laughs> Welcome to John's inspirational game fucking... God damn it. Good work, buddy. I do hope that you appear over my shoulder like uh, Obi-Wan when I'm playing Plinko. Drop from the center. <laughs> Great I don't movie. know Thanks, why I'm John Lennon. Yeah, right. Great pseudo Bowie. <laughs> So, uh, I I think we can say that as far as body count goes, 22 seems like a reasonable number. It's not too low, not too high. It's there. It's not like and this. This movie does make a point of showing you every death possible. Yeah, you right. see all everybody. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so that takes us to our next bullet point, and that is best kill. Best kill, Patrick. Best kill. Ooh, you know. I'm going with all of those LAPD guys that get blown up by that rocket launcher. <laughs> In the SWAT van? Yeah, man. Because the one just hits the SWAT van and blows that up. But you know the second one, if he didn't kill all of the four guys that are wounded and laying around in front of it, like that definitely did. Yeah. Especially because John McClane is yelling into the radio, All right, Hans, you made your point. Fire Fire again. again. <laughs> Yeah, they blow the shit out of that truck <laughs> yeah, with a rocket launcher that they have to screw into the floor. Right, and you know the rocket launcher is super badass because it's manned by Vigo the Carpathian. Right, yeah. Who is a monster in real life, it yeah. should be noted. Oh, yes. He is an absolute monster. Uh, thank God he's dead? Probably. <laughs> I mean, he can't hurt anyone anymore. Well, you know, until he comes out of that painting. Oh, shit! <laughs> no! No! My only solace is that slides are available in the gift shop. John, best kill. I gotta go for Hans Gruber. It is a solid death uh, with a lot of uh, really great emotions. Yeah, Plus, he's... he falls thirty feet, thirty floors to the ground. So Not you know when he the mezzanine, right? So you know when he hit the ground. <laughs> So you know when he hit the ground, he exploded real good. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just everyone needs to know that Patrick. <laughs> 
His heart grew three sizes when he got to drop a Hudsucker proxy reference into this podcast. Love that movie. <laughs> there was a lot of there was a lot of fist pump in there, Patrick. I mean, I appreciate it. Don't get me wrong. I love I love me some Hudsucker proxy ding, uh, co-written by Sam Raimi. Uh, great yeah. movie. But uh, yeah, good stuff, guys. You know his body. Who's got to clean that up? Poor guy. <laughs> he, he's a mist. Do you think somebody takes that suit, that really nice suit, though, and like washes it off and is like, look at my new suit? Nah. That is a really nice suit. No. Yeah. Yeah. He it's, gets it from the same place that Arafat gets his. Yeah. He's got two. He tells us. Yeah. In another scene that we completely skipped, <laughs> Mark, best kill. Uh, I'm going to give my best kill to uh, Bruce Willis doing in Carl, the final big like mini boss fight, the giant long haired blonde German. Not a man. death. He doesn't Not die a from death. that. He doesn't die. He dies. <laughs> <laughs> He's a zombie at the end. Uh, so That's when he gets up and he shouts, "Brains!" That, I, in essence, like I guess I was gonna lead to like how he had two deaths, right? So, like, he first gets, like, his face caved in by Bruce Willis and then hung. That's death number one. Uh, but technically, that's two deaths right there. Having your face caved in by giant, thick metal pipes, that's a death. Yeah, I mean, not since uh, Rambo 3 has there been so many deaths bestowed upon one character. <laughs> yeah, he's the Rasputin of this movie. He gets hanged, then he gets shot three times, and then, yes, decides to die upon being shot a fourth time. It's a great kill. That guy gets killed so many times, it's Fantastic. Honorable mention death goes to Big Johnson, Little Johnson, exploding up yeah. in that helicopter. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Just like Saigon. <laughs> they died the way they lived, together and always. <laughs> and that takes us to our next bullet point, war crimes! Good luck! <laughs> war crimes. John. Talking about some war crimes. I'm going to say a terrorist organization taking hostages and demanding the release of uh, foreign combatants. Yes, that's right. So there's a scene in the movie that we also skipped. <laughs> yeah, we're talking more about the movie yeah, in this segment yeah. than we did in so, the entire uh, recap. As part of Hans Gruber's cover for their thieverying, uh, their thieverying, thieving, their stealing. Their money taken. The people who take. Yeah. So he uh, he calls his demands in, and his demands are to release their uh, brothers in arms who are being held as political prisoners across the world. Uh, in Sri Lanka, the members of Asian Dawn. In Canada, the members of Liberté du Québec. Um, there is a great scene then where the, uh, the fucking chief Mr. Boss guy is on the phone saying... The Asian Dawn, D-A-W-N, and you know he just picked up a phone and said, Get me Sri Lanka! (laughs) Hello, Mr. Lanka! (laughs) Release your Asian Dawn! (laughs) I prefer Calgon. (laughs) Calgon, take me away. That's a deep cut cleansing joke for all you guys out there. Uh, no one's made a Calgon joke out loud since Wayne's World. <laughs> uh, so moving on, Patrick, war crimes. I think it's uh, taking a series of attack helicopters <laughs> to a civilian hostage situation in with the intent space. of executing people. Yes, and and comfortably asserting that you'll probably only lose about a quarter (laughs) of those civilians. They actually say that. They go, 
Uh, what do you think? What so? What do you think? Uh, we'll take out the hostage. Uh, take out the terrorists. Uh, maybe lose only twenty twenty five percent of the hostages. And then Little Johnson goes, "I can live with that." And that's it. And that's the decision making process. That's our federal government, people. Yep. <laughs> uh, murder, murder, murder. War crime. Uh, <laughs> war crime, indeed. Uh, Mark, war crime. Uh, I'm going to probably go with the overseas trafficking of all of the C4. And you know it wasn't bought locally. Right. So they have a lot of experience. Yeah, there was no Trader Joe's stamp on it. Locally yeah. sourced. <laughs> It's not organic C4. Right. They got it from one of those C4 farms out in like Russia or <laughs> yeah, something. Right. Uh, Mail order C4. C4. Only the finest greens. Yeah. It lets them grow up without any GMO. <laughs> There's no mad cow disease in this C4 because I make sure they get fed properly. <laughs> so this, my war crime is these, this, all these explosives and weapons, rocket launchers, um, automatic weapons, semi-automatic weapons, handguns, uh, C4 detonators, all this is being transferred overseas to be used to explode a the headquarters of a multinational corporation in the middle of downtown Los Angeles. Yeah. Like, that is about a war crime and a half right there. That's some Hague <laughs> shit. On Christmas as well. On Christmas! Yeah, oh. that's how you know. That's how you know. That's the ultimate war crime. Yeah. Is that Die Hard takes place at Christmas and is not a Shane Black movie. Yeah. Wait. It, it is, is a Shane Black movie. It is not. It's yeah. directed by John McTiernan and written by Stephen D'Souza, who, I cannot stress this enough, also wrote and directed Street Fighter, a movie <laughs> we will definitely talk about yeah. someday. And Woo! it will bring all of the joy to my heart uh, and all of the pain to John. <laughs> oh, God. I'm in. <laughs> And, and Bison, I know you like to look at yourself on TV. Look at this. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, and it's got Bison dollars. They're my favorite kind of currency. Bison bucks to be spent in Bisonopolis. <laughs> and Kylie Minogue is in it as uh, Carrie. Yep. Nice. Cammy. Cammy. Next bullet point <laughs> we're talking is this an action movie? Is this an action movie? Mark, is this an action movie? You're goddamn right it is. This is a, I said it at the beginning, I'm going to say it again. This is a Pantheon action movie. It's one of the things that uh, it, it inspired a whole trend that we talked about last week in our mini-sode. Uh, it's, they're laughing because we'll record it after this. Don't tell them! God damn it, the magic is gone. God damn it. I think the magic was gone (laughs) when we spent 30 minutes of this podcast talking about dicks and cults. (laughs) No, sorry, an hour of this podcast talking about dicks and cults, 10 minutes talking about Die Hard. It's not my fault, they said ding dongs and hoes. That was entrapment, Mark. The movie never told me it wasn't a cop. Uh, so, yes, uh, this is definitely a Pantheon action movie. It's up there with, like, Predator and uh, Lethal Weapon. Like, all those things that kind of just, like, change the action game for the better. So, yes, this is an action movie, 100%, and one of my favorites, fantastic movie. I know it sounds like we didn't care for it. We totally did. <laughs> yeah. It's a great movie, but it's hard to talk about because we know you've all fucking seen this movie, <laughs> and you've had the same ideas, just not so eloquently put 
as we have. John, is this an action movie? This is the Ur action movie. <laughs> this is the Ur text. This is the this is the entirety of the canon condensed yeah. into yeah. one. This action is the movie. Uh, what is it? This is the like Gilgamesh of action movies. <laughs> well, that's the, the first recorded. Action. <laughs> that's the deal. It's uh, it's on Christmas, and thus there's uh, you know time gets divided, and there's only after Die Hard <laughs> as far as action. <laughs> movies I mean, are I, I, I will say this: it, it not only is it uh, just a great action movie by action movie standards, but there's also kind of enough character work going on that even if you're not on board for kind of like the machismo of the action trappings, it's still pretty enjoyable. Like, this might not be everybody's favorite movie, but I don't know of anyone who dislikes this movie. Right. Unlike many other diehards. Yes. (laughs) And it's worth saying that, like, Bruce Willis brings a little something different to Die Hard that the other action heroes of his day didn't. Uh, chest hair. Most for of them one. were waxed and sweaty. But no, but the big thing is that... <laughs> Thanks for that, Mark. It's true. It's also loaded with humor. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's loaded, loaded with, with like legitimate humor um, that's actually and very the, funny. And the humor comes from the, the characters. characters. Yeah. Right. It's not just like wink at the camera, joke like Schwarzenegger. Yeah. But like that's the other thing is like he's not a big muscle-bound like brute like Schwarzenegger or Stallone well, and he's, or even Van Damme. The character is making like John Wayne references and cowboy references. He makes a Schwarzenegger reference. reference like, yeah. It feels like he is a real person who is, you know, a knowledge of things beyond the scope of just the events of this yeah. movie. Right. And it's not until later diehards that he becomes a legitimate superhuman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in this he is just a dude uh, who's just really good at his job and incredibly lucky. Yeah, and it sucks because when he becomes a super cop, he doesn't become a great super cop like the Jackie Chan movie Super Cop. The cop that can't be stopped. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Meet the cop who can't be stopped. Isn't Super Cop like Police Story 3 technically? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes, it is. Great. And I just oh, wanted my, to get that out we of gotta, We got to do a Jackie Chan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Uh, Patrick, is this an action movie? Oh, yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker! Yeah! It's loaded with great one-liners, which is obviously my long-standing right. uh, metric for whether or not which a movie is somehow works. how Tombstone got involved. <laughs> yeah! That movie's full of great one-liners. <laughs> I love it. If people aren't dying, they're being pelted with witticisms. Oh, uh, that movie's full of something. <laughs> Laudanum. <laughs> <laughs> No, but it, it's great because it really is either people are fucking dying, people are about to fucking die, something's about to blow up, or there's just some really great one-liners. Or, like, there's something to laugh at all the time. The, the FBI, uh, uh, we're going to need some more FBI guys, but he also has the other great line earlier where it's like, no, man. Nah, it's his fault. It's so funny when he's blaming him for yeah. Ellis's death. Because it's so like, bro, I've never even been anywhere near anybody who's died, even though I'm like deputy chief. It's like, no, man, no way, man. I could have saved that guy. You're like, what? And also, come out to the coast, we'll have a few laughs. Classic. <laughs> yeah, now I know how a TV dinner feels. <laughs> Great movie. Yeah. So, guys, let's do our final reviews of Die Hard. Patrick, final review. Best war on Christmas special ever. <laughs> John, John, the final review of Die Hard. I give it ten Gary Cooper and Grace Kelly's walking into the sunset. That's yeah. Oh, it is Gary. No, Cooper. it is Gary yeah. Cooper. Yeah, I outthought of <laughs> you. Yeah. Oh no, my thoughtsing is broke. <laughs> <laughs> Although in retrospect, you're absolutely right. For the purposes of comedy, I should have gone for the intentionally wrong quote, like in the movie. Is okay. My think goo in my <laughs> in my head hole not work. 
is all right. I did I did a bad job of taking care of you because I only went to IO. I never took Second City Improv. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, take that. Actually, both are fine establishments. I've enjoyed myself in all of their shows. Mark, final review <laughs> of Die Hard. Uh, I give this all the dies out of all the hards. I mean, what else can I say? It's you could the, have given it all the hardest dies. Yes. I'm going to give this one giant, thick, veiny cock of explosioning. This movie is amazing. It is the Teddy Roosevelt on Mount Rushmore <laughs> of action movies. Uh, everyone knows that Predator is Lincoln. Uh, clearly. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, because of all the people it freed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It freed from the bonds of life right. <laughs> when the predator murdered them. Yeah. <laughs> and that, my friends, is Body Counts and Beer. I am Mark Rosendahl. I am Patrick Bromley. Somehow I'm still John Rooney. That will never change. <laughs> and I'm sorry, that was my soul trying to escape, I guess. <laughs> I'm glad you locked it down in a mumble. <laughs> I swallowed it like when you throw up in your mouth a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And now we're saying goodbye with our brand new our brand new spin-off, the Say Goodbye Corner. Music. Okay guys, we can't all do the music. One of us is gonna at least have to say goodbye. Alright, 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 ready? Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Goodbye! Edit point! Stop the podcast! Goodbye! Now hit 15 seconds, skip backwards on your podcast machine, and never leave this purgatory. Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Bromley 2, Bromley Harder, Mark Rosendahl, with a vengeance, and live free or John Rooney. Please subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google, pretty much anywhere fine podcasts are pervade. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at BodyCountCast. Or email us at BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com.